0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Praise the Lord. Remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis as we continue in a series In the beginning, it's called, entitled, In the Beginning. Put your hands together one more time for the choir. Well done. Excellent. Thank you, Brother Toby. Miss D, appreciate you guys and the choir, all your hard work. Amen. Our text is taken from Genesis chapter 9, starting in verse 1. While you're turning there, i going to read from the New King James. New King James, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Are you all there? So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of earth of the air and all that move on the earth and on all the fish of the sea they are given into your hand and all the salmon fishermen said amen Amen. praise God I'll be I'll be standing on that here maybe next week all the fish are going to be given into my hand thank you Jesus verse 3 every moving thing that lives shall be food for you I have given you all things as the green herbs. That doesn't mean marijuana, by the way. <laughs> although, although there are medicinal qualities, as long as you're not getting to- intoxicated, I think it can be acceptable. That's another sermon. Let's move to verse 4. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Surely for your life blood, I will demand a reckoning... From the hand of every beast, I will require it. And from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Verse 11. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the clouds. And it shall be for a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be that when I bring the cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. Verse 15. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy the flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud And I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that's on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that's on the earth. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you did in the first service. What you've done now. We could go home. We've had such a feast already in your presence. But now in the moments that remain, I pray that you would give us all living understanding, that you would release truth, you would release your word, give us revelation that causes revolution in our hearts, to know you, to be changed by you, to express your kingdom in our lives, in our community, and everywhere that you would send us. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, uh, don't miss tonight. I, uh, I pleaded with the Lord. I pleaded with the Lord to uh, to preach the message that I'll be preaching tonight. I wanted to preach it today. But He just wouldn't let me, and I, I, I wrestled with the Lord about it. And um, this is, the, chronologically, the next text that's up, but I really wanted to get to the curses and the blessings that are expressed in the next section of Acts chapter uh, of Genesis nine. Pardon me. Do not miss tonight. If you are walking, living, breathing, able to get here, don't miss tonight. You say I'm going for willing. Well, just go after church because it'll still be light out. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Yes. Yeah, but going fishing, it'll still be light out after after service. Only an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. I want to uh, pray. For the 50 lives that were snuffed out by the terror acts in Florida, in Orlando, there was 50 people that were killed, 53 were wounded uh, as an insane, demonized uh, Muslim extremists came and mowed down people in a nightclub. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your intervention, God, in those lives that were lost. And even as we read this text, Lord, the, the shedding of blood, it cries out from the ground. Lord, it's such a, a heinous crime. And we pray that you would intervene. You would touch each and every one of those families, the people that are in critical condition, that they would, they would survive, they would live. God, intervene, I pray. Turn it all for good somehow. Wake our nation up even to revival. Wake our nation up, God, even to the evil that's within our borders. And we thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen. This is a fascinating text of Scripture. I've entitled the message very simply, Covenant. It's a new beginning as the earth uh, is, has remained, but all of the living creatures have been wiped out by a flood. Because of the wickedness that had taken place, God had to wipe out all living creatures. But eight people survive: Noah, his sons, and their families, their wives. And Noah comes out of the ark, as we talked about, and he, he, verse 22, is this Noah covenant. We'll talk about covenant today and the different covenants in Scripture. But I love this verse, in verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. And he comes out of the mountains of Ararat, and he, he makes an altar, and he worships God. It's the first thing he does. We talked about a life of worship last week. And as he he comes out, he, he gets this promise. Noah is basically like another Adam. Does that sound familiar? God blessed Noah and his son saying, be fruitful and multiply. Does that sound familiar? It should because it's exactly what God said to Adam. It's the same thing he said to Adam. Be fruitful and multiply. So now it's like another Adam. It's given the same demand. And Noah receives a generous permission but a single prohibition. Similar to Adam. So God says he makes makes man in his own image, male and female. And they're just not supposed to touch the tree. Pardon me. Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's in the center of the garden. So enjoy Eden, Enjoy it. It's wonderful. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The same thing is given here for Noah. He's given generous permission to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. But. Don't eat the blood. Fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. Why why would God say that? Don't eat the blood. And the blood is sacred. And he talks about the sacredness of blood, the sacredness of life. If a man's blood is shed, then the man who shed it or the beast who shed it will have his blood shed. And so God sees man right there in your notes. Now, you all have notes? All right. If you don't raise your hand, we'll help you. God sees man and blood as sacred, and you'll see that in verse 6. A man bears the image of God, and thereby, if man or beast innocently kills, or beast innocently kills man, they themselves must die. Did you know that capital punishment is God's idea? Yeah, God is the one who came up with capital punishment. It should speak to you how important life is. The most heinous crime there is is murder, including abortion. That is the worst thing man can do is kill another man or a baby. Because we're made in God's image. It's a crazy thing that we've elevated a whale to a greater status than a, than a, than a human being in the womb. And they talk about viability and stuff. The blood represents life. What's it represent? It represents life. And the life is God's property. You see that in verse 4. Also, the blood would be used for a specific purpose. What specific purpose is that? Well, atonement. Atonement. Another way to say that is, at one minute. the blood would be used by God to bring a breaking down and a washing away of the sin that separated man and God. Wow. Everybody say the blood. In Acts chapter 15, what's interesting, how many of you like baby back ribs? Great. You know, Jews don't eat pork. And there's all kinds of dieting, nutrition programs you can find from Scripture. The truth is, the New Testament, the sheet was let down and opened before Peter, and the Lord said, take and eat. He says, oh no, I can't eat any of that. He said, no, 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 you don't call unclean what I called clean. So you can take and you can eat it. Eat Come on, somebody say, wee wee!" How many like bacon? Yay. Oh, feel the Holy, you feel the spirit right there? All right, all right, maybe not. But, but here's the thing. What's interesting in Acts chapter 15 here in the New Testament, there is this rule that is given here in, in Acts chapter 15, verse 29. You are to abstain from food, sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat strangled animals, and from sexual immorality, well, you do well to avoid these things. Basically, he's telling them, "Look, man, the, the Gentiles can come in everything, but don't no more no more drinking blood, no more blood sausage." Oh, you Filipinos, you're not allowed to eat blood sausage. You know that's not that's still not allowed in the New Testament. That's what that's talking about. In Matthew chapter twenty, you say why would that? Because the life of the animals in the blood, and blood is sacred. In Matthew 26 and verse 28, this is my blood covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Wow, Hebrews 9, amazing. Ephesians chapter one and verse seven, in him we have redemption through his, through his what? Through his blood. We were singing a song with Pastor Alex who led us this morning. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. And the second part of the third part of that, I should say, is and we love not our lives as to shrink from death. It is the blood. That's Revelation chapter twelve and verse eleven. So Noah is like a new Adam. Everything's fresh and new. There's no sin, right? There's no external sin. But something creepy happens here just in a few verses, which I'm going to preach on tonight. And here they are, these eight, they worship God. God gives them a promise, and the Lord says, hey, be fruitful and multiply. The blood, though, is sacred. Don't forget that. Fascinating. Don't eat from the tree. Don't touch the blood. Kind of interesting. The key to this passage is that God relates to us on the basis of covenant. God relates to us on the basis of covenant. There's a number of things that are not in your notes that I just want to talk about just for a moment. One of the signs, the sign of the covenant is the rainbow. And don't think it's strange that those who would bring perversion have used the rainbow as a sign of, of, you know, inclusion and, and celebrating the differences while it was one of those very acts that caused judgment not only on Sodom and Gomorrah but even on the ancient world the key to this passage is that God relates to us on the basis of covenant a covenant is a solemn agreement, covenant is a, a binding agreement on all parties, what covenant tells us about God what does it tell us about God, well he's not arbitrary or capricious Aren't you thankful that God is not like, our God is not like a pagan God? The pagans would wake up in the morning and be like, well, is he mad? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. And then you would go out like, God, you know, God's not like that. God's in a good mood. He's, he, he's not capricious. He's, he's, not, he's not fickle. He just doesn't flip, make decisions. He's, he's, he's a good God and he's got principles and he has covenant by which he relates to it. It's not arbitrary and he invites us to trust him he invites us to have security in him and he initiates the covenant thus showing his love mercy he initiates the covenant aren't you so thankful somebody said well, i was seeking god I was like, god sought after you first for while we were yet sinners it says that christ died for us and It says that he's a personal God who desires relationship with us. He's a personal God that desires relationship with us. What does covenant tell us about ourselves? It's a good question. Well, it tells you that you're important. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm important. Yes, you are. You're important. Our whole life is is not about ourselves, but about relating to God. That's what your life is about, about relating to him. What, te- what covenant tells us about history. History is not some meaningless set of events in time and space. God's involved in history. You know the only way I like to say it is his story. History is his story. God's involved in history, not like the deist. The deist would say that God took creation, wound it up like a clock, and then he stepped back and folded his arms and watched it tick. I wonder what it's going to do next. That's what the deist view of God is. That's not the biblical view of God. God made creation, God breathed life into you, made it in his own image, and he's actively involved in creation all along the way. Come on, somebody say amen. Aren't you glad he's actively involved? History has purpose, it has a meaning. And no matter what kind of warm fuzzies you get when you watch the Lion King, it's a circle of no. It's not a circle of life. Okay, it's not. That's that's not biblical. You know, Simba and all that. Yeah, circle of life. You come back as like no. That's that's not a biblical understanding of history. It's not a biblical understanding of life and eternity. There is a beginning and there's an there's an end. And a biblical understanding is is history is uh, pardon me time is linear. Time is linear, and God breaks in in time, and he's partnered with his creation for those who are in covenant with him. Wow. Kind of amazing. It does say in Ecclesiastes, I I believe, um, chapter 10, that which has been will be again. History does repeat itself. You'll be a fool not to know history. In fact, I'm convinced that there's a dumbing down of America so that we forget our history and actually not know uh, what has happened in history so that we would be doomed to repeat the past. Yeah, and in every culture, the first thing they try to do is take guns and make people stupid, and then they take over. Somebody said, you can come and get my gun out of my dead, cold hand. All right, understanding how covenant affects us today. Look at the structure of of covenant. Now, there are seven, some say eight different covenants in scripture. I've listed seven, but I'll I'll tell you what the eighth one is. Uh, It's really uh, the Edenic covenant, which I I didn't list, but you could put it up there right before uh, the Adamic covenant. You got your notes? I listed seven. There, There could be eight. Uh, it all depends on how you want to look at it, but I'm calling it seven. The eighth one would be the Edenic covenant, the covenant that God made with creation in Eden. Then the Adamic covenant comes after that. Well, let's talk about that in a moment. In all covenant, there are stipulations. Everybody say stipulations. Then there's a promise, and there's a promise, and then there's, then there's a sign, a covenant sign. So here's a famous one, popular and, and, and rightly so. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. All of you intercessors know it. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I'm paraphrasing, pray, I will come and I will heal their land. The if-then clauses indicate covenant. So if, everybody say if. If if my people, now it's not talking about pagans, it's not talking about unbelievers, it's talking about His people, if God's people, if believers, if believers turn from their wicked ways, if I could just simplify it. They turn from their wicked ways and seek God and pray, then, then He'll come and heal your land. Do you get it? In other words, if His people don't turn from wicked ways, there's so many people that live half-hearted for God, and you wonder why you got no power. You wonder why you have no joy. You wonder why you have no authority. You wonder why when you pray, it seems like the heavens are brass. Well, good God, you got one foot in the cesspool and the other foot in the kingdom, and you think that it's all good. It's not all good. you know, you got to love God with all your heart. Listen, if you really came to understand who He is and who you are in Him, you'll never go back like a dog to the vomit. You never will. you never go back there. There's nothing back there. Covenant. Stipulations. If you do this, this, and this, then I will do this. I made a covenant with my wife almost 20 years ago. We stood there in the glory, a measure of the glory of God. We had only have two cents to our name. We took all of our money and bought wedding bands. And we stood up there and said to each other, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, we made a vow between each other and God. And there's a sign. And there's, there's covenant promises and privileges too. Mm-hmm. Ah. The sign. I'm wearing it. I believe in wedding bands. I think men should wear wedding bands. I mean, you got to decide what you believe. You could lose your wedding band and still be married right? Okay, but it is an outward sign, and I just, I like them. I like them, and my wedding band is the most precious thing to me. I don't care about my truck or my trucks. I I care about my, my children. I care about life. I don't care about physical stuff. You could take my house before you can take my wedding band. I mean that. You're serious? I am serious. That's how important this thing is to me. It's not an idol, but it It's the most significant because my marriage and the sign of my marriage, it just means a lot to me. And if I ever lost it, I just go get another one. And I I got all kinds of miracles of God sparing my wedding band, all kinds of stuff. But covenant, everybody say covenant. Covenant. The interesting thing about this covenant, we'll talk about the seven slash eight covenants in Scripture in just a moment. The interesting thing about this one is Noah doesn't have to do one thing to see it come to pass. It's a covenant that requires Noah to do nothing. Just God saying, I'm never going to do that again. Seed time harvest, cold wheat, cold and heat, winter, summer. It shall not cease until the earth, as long as the earth remains. And I'm never going to flood the earth again. So Noah doesn't have to do one thing to see that come about, not one. That's not the case with most covenants, but it is the case with this one. Covenants throughout history, you all there? So now you could put before the Adamic as an Adam, You could put before that Edenic, as in Eden. But I've just listed them as seven. But if you're going to call eight, and you can look through commentaries and study this. In fact, every one of the covenants are worth studying and would bring tremendous fruit in your life if you did it. Ademic. That is uh, the Edemic Covenant is concerning man's continued enjoyment of Eden based on his continued refraining of eating of the tree. You can enjoy Eden... Don't eat the tree. If you eat the tree, it's over. They ate from the tree. They got the boot. The next one is the Noahic, which we're talking about now, and that's really concerning about the earth and its seasons and the flood. The third one, anybody know what the third one is? The Abrahamic covenant. The, the sign of the Abrahamic covenant was what? Circumcision is the sign of the Abraham. You want to look in Genesis 15, 18? You can. And it's concerning Israel's occupancy of Palestine. That's what that's concerning. And a multi-generational promise at that. The fourth one is the Mosaic, as in Moses. The sign of the Mosaic covenant was what? Anybody know? It's the Sabbath rest. The Sabbath rest. And it's woven into, the, pardon me, the Sabbath day. It's woven into the Ten Commandments. And it's concerning Israel's enjoyment of God's favor, conditioned by their obedience to the law. You can read Exodus 24, verse 7, for all you note-takers, uh, as well as Exodus 24, 8, Exodus 34, uh, Exodus 34, 27. Then there's the Levitic. Everybody say Levitic. Levitic. As in Levites. It's the Levitic covenant, which is concerning the priesthood, uh, promising that the priesthood would remain in the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi. And you can see Numbers 25, verse 12, Malachi 2, 4, Ezekiel forty-four fifteen. 15, and it really, Ezekiel forty four fifteen 15, sh- pro- shows God's faithfulness with respect to even that covenant in the millennium. For all of you studiers of God's word. Then there's a Davidic. How many of you know that? Regarded who? David. And it concerns the kingdom, particularly the throne, 2 Samuel 23, 5, 2 Chronicles 13, that there will always be an heir of David on the throne. How many of you know where Jesus came from? He comes from the lineage of David. God fulfilling the very covenant that he made with David. What's amazing, the last one, the final one, number eight or number seven, all depending upon how you count, is the Messianic covenant. The new covenant. The new covenant sealed by the blood of Jesus. So, you can read Jeremiah 31. This might make me preach here in just a second. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Put it up on the screen. It's promised by Jeremiah, this new covenant. Let me read it to you. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Verse 32 of Jeremiah 31. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Verse 34, no more shall every man teach his neighbor, every man his brother, saying, know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive them their iniquity and their sin I'll remember no more. So there's seven or eight covenants, and, you, and there's commentaries. Some of them put them together, and it can be confusing. Don't get hung up on that. Definitely pitch your tent on what I'm about to say. Everybody say pay attention. Bump your neighbor, pay attention. Yeah, the final covenant, the final covenant is the new covenant, and it's fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus fulfilled. He was the sacrifice of the, of the last or the new covenant. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. In His blood, you enter into the new covenant not just because you want to. You cannot be forgiven just because you hope to be forgiven. You are not forgiven on the basis that you just go, well, God loves me, and He's a good guy, and God's just going to forgive me. No, He cannot just forgive you. He forgives you based on the death of His only begotten Son. He forgives you based on on the death and the shedding of His blood. His innocent blood. That is why you're forgiven. You see, it's free for you, free for me, very costly for God. So you enter into this new covenant where His law is written on your heart, where He takes out the heart of stone and puts in the heart of flesh, you enter into that by believing on Jesus, the Lamb of God that was slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the earth. And if you go all the way back to Adam, you'll see that Adam's nakedness as they ate from the tree, breaking covenant with God in the Adamic covenant. He ate from the tree, their eyes were opened, and they saw themselves as naked, and they hid from God. And God said, Adam, where are you? If God's looking for you, you know you're really lost. Really, it was an opportunity, I believe, for Adam to repent. Adam, where are you? We hid ourselves. Who told you you were naked? Oh. And he tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. That's religion, ladies and gentlemen. Man's attempt to cover his own sin by some homemade thing tries to cover his sin, and judgment comes down, they get the boot, but you'll see that God covered their nakedness. Covers their nakedness with animal skins. And we don't know what kind of animal, because it doesn't say, but I've preached many times before, I believe it was lamb. I believe it was a lamb that God took and he slain it and he skinned it and he covered Adam and Eve's nakedness with the lamb. Why? Because then you go from there and you go all the way through the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. You move all the way into the New Testament and you see John the Baptist says, Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God's lamb, that his blood covers your nakedness. Fig leaves, good works, acting right. Surrender your body to the flames. Nothing will work except the blood. Come on, say hallelujah today. Living in covenant with with God. Living in covenant. How how do I do that? Well, the first thing is, the first thing is, receive receive by faith, receive Jesus. You got to receive Him. You've got to believe on him and ask him to come to be your Lord and Savior. Repent for your your sins. That's the first step. And then you've got to know him and serve him. Come on, everybody say, know and serve him. You know, you've got to grow in the knowledge of God. You might be in the way for 20 years. The the way is another, another word of saying, the church. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. The first century church was frequently called the way. You know where they got that fish thing? How many of you ever seen fishes, you know, on cars? They, they got that because when they would greet each other, they didn't know who, who was safe to say a believer, and one, one would go like this. And then the other guy would connect it and make that fish. Did you know that's where that comes from? Most people never really grow in the knowledge of God. I spent Thursday having the most glorious time with Jesus. Oh, he was touching me, speaking to me. Spoke to me about all kinds of things. And I realized that what I think about him is the most important thoughts in my head. In other words, some of you have ideas about God that actually aren't related to him at all because you got that from some tradition maybe, but you didn't get it from the Bible. And so many people, you see, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. If you don't understand that God is for you, then you might run around trying to have a performance orientation. If you don't understand that God loves you just the way you are, you don't have to do one thing. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to give. You don't don't even have to even be serving him. You could be a hardcore drug addict and a dealer, a pimp or a prostitute. I don't. Whatever station of wickedness you can think. You could even be that Islamic demonized man that mowed down those hundred people. And you say, "Don't don't answer. I'm gonna answer for you because some people, you, you know, you might reveal that you need healing." God loved that guy, that Islamic man that took all those lives. He died for him too. Are you telling me he went to heaven? No, I'd pretty for sure say he probably didn't. Of course, none of us really know. But we do know that if you don't believe on the Lord Jesus and confess your sin to him, then when you die and you breathe your last, that decision made in time will pass over to eternity. That's why the devil can never repent. The devil made a decision in eternity that's it. It's sealed. You make a decision in time when you pass on into eternity. Wherever you're at, in that decision, then that sticks. So we don't know where he, we did as a demonized, very evil, wicked thing, killing all those people. But did did God love him? Yes, he did. He did. God loves you. you got to settle it. You don't know what I've done. No, I don't know what you've done, but I know what he did. I know I know that his blood is enough. I know that his love is enough. I know that his mercy, I know that his mercy, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how you've sinned, no matter how you turned your back on him, no matter how you spurned him or rejected him, no matter what you did, God's love for you is steadfast. It's true, it's called agape, it's unconditional love and it's perfect, and you can't it doesn't increase his love for you, even when you get saved, listen now. Even when you give your heart to Jesus, His love doesn't become full-blown then. It's the same. It's steady. However, you're brought into privileges and rights. You're brought into the blessing of God. You're brought into covenant. You ever lied before? Well, sure you have. You ever stolen? Yep, you've done that too. You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Absolutely yes, yes. Have you ever lusted after somebody? Now, I've never done that. Of course you have. Don't lie again. Every single person. we just broken five of the Ten Commandments right there. Listen, you need, you need a Savior. You don't need a rule book. Thank God we have a rule book, but you need a Savior. You, 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 don't, you don't get transformed. You don't get forgiven, I should say. By a bunch of rules, you get forgiven by the blood of Jesus. It's an act of faith. And then you get transformed by the renewing of your mind, learning who God is and who you are. And it changes the way that you walk. It changes the way that you talk. When you find out about how much He loves you, when you begin to consider where you'd be without God, you just can't help but begin to worship Him, begin to lift your hands to Him. You begin to think, oh my gosh, what He's done for me. Oh, what you've done for me. And you just fall head over heels in love with Him. Listen, you don't have to convince me to run and take my wife out for a date. I can't wait to the next one. The Lord loves you so much. He brought this bald head preacher to come and tell you that today. He came to tell you. He loves you. He loves you just the way that you are. And He loves you so much that He refuses to leave you that way. He loves. Mm. He loves. For the Bible tells me so. He loves. He loves. He loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones. Little ones to him belong. Yes. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, yes, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, He loves me, He loves me, oh yes, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, He loves me, He loves me, sing with us, come on. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus, He loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. You might be here this morning and not have a revelation of His love. You can't earn His love. You can't give your body to the flames and actually grow in grace. When He receives His grace to you, it's complete. When He forgives you, this new way of being made right, not according to the law, but according to grace, by His blood you're forgiven and made a brand new race. You're taken out of the old and you're placed into the new. He pulls out the heart of a stone and He puts in the heart of flesh. He calls you. He adopts you. He chooses you and selects you. He puts His same Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead on the inside of you. He'll fill you with joy and hope and patience. The weeping may endure for a night. Joy will come in the morning. God loves you just the way that you are. And that love will transform you. That love will change you. Settle it. He loves you. And He's made a covenant that you have got to accept and receive. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't play church. Not here, it won't work. Don't do it. It's not some stupid religious game we're playing where we gather on a Sunday and hope it's just going to be all right. It is not going to be all right unless you walk with God, talk with God, grow in the knowledge of God. And we're all at various levels in that, and he who started or began a good work is faithful to complete it into the day of Christ Jesus. But if you're not right with God, get right with him today. He's reaching to you through my voice. Your heart's beating within your chest right now. You know you're not right. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment because you drifted in your walk, or you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place, those online, if that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Quickly run to the front. Meet me right here. We're going to pray. Hurry, don't think about it. Come on, quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly come. Whether you raised your hand or not, you know you need to be up here. Come right now. Come on. Come Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today. Be free today. Be healed today. Come on, come if you need to be up here. Come on. Put your best hand clap together. Oh, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but yes, yeah, singing. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so little one to him belong they are weak but sing it again jesus loves me the bible tells me so they are weak but we must become as a little child try to overthink it. It doesn't even make sense. How could God do that? He's God. You're up front here, or maybe you didn't answer. You're still in your seat. That's okay. You're online. You're listening by podcast. You're driving your car. Pull over. We'll wait for you. With all your heart, you can close your eyes if that helps you. Repeat with me right out loud just a very simple prayer of believing that Jesus died on a cross and rose again and confessing your, your failure as a human being and your need for his redemption, for his blood to wash you and cleanse you today. Your need for him to take out the heart of stone and put it in the heart of flesh. The Bible says you must be born again. If you can't remember when you gave your heart to God, you probably didn't because it's something that you remember all across this place everybody every voice pray with us say dear Heavenly Father thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place forgive me of all of my sin I'm sorry I'm coming to you this morning oh sorry it's afternoon this afternoon the best way I know how. I believe that you rose again from the grave. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. I don't want to live life without you. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And I will live for you with all my heart. With all my mind with all my soul and all my strength i make a covenant with you today i make you my god today and i thank you for your awesome love and for forgiving me for healing me and for setting me free amen let me pray for you holy spirit i pray come and fill touch break every chain break every bondage every curse go addiction go suicidal thoughts go death violence go jesus name lord release your power upon these lord heal the wounded broken heart broken spirit today in the name of jesus lord thank you thank you for your touch thank you lord It's going to be okay, says the Lord. It's going to be all right. I'm washing it all away. I'm washing it all away. He's washing it all away. He'll take out the stinger and all the pain. He's got a wonderful life for you. He does. A wonderful, wonderful life. He's healing you. Just close your eyes. Lord, heal her heart. Be healed. Be free. Come on, church. Put your hands together for these, won't you? Pastor Vince. Pastor Vince and and my team, they're going to minister to you for just a moment right out in the lobby, and then we're going to close, and we'll be done. But would you just go ahead and follow him right out? We're going to give you a little gift and help you. Would you put your hands together as they go right down that center aisle? Amen. Come on. Me this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Jesus loves me. Sing it to him. Jesus loves me. Come on, just head right out in the lobby. We'll just take a few minutes of your time and help you. Little ones. They are weak. Sing it again. Jesus loves me. This I know. Every voice, sing it. sing it. Jesus loves me, this I is oh, little one. Little one, to little one but he is strong. Lord, we lift up our mission team right now. That's over in the Philippines. Come on, just pray for a moment. We're going to close our service. We'll be done as they're being ministered to out there. It would just take a moment. We pray for our missions team. God, that you would touch Pastor Kirsten and the entire team. Lord, that you would use them mightily, the reaching of the people of the Philippines, even bringing support from that super storm a couple years ago as they'd just been devastated still. Lord, intervene in our 20-plus churches that are there, I pray. Help them. Use them mightily. Bring them safely back to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me bless you. Would you lift your hands to heaven? The last thing that Jesus did on the earth was bless before he ascended into heaven. Let me just bless you. Don't miss tonight. It's going to be off the chain. I'm telling you. Curses and blessings. It is a powerful text of scripture. You don't want to miss it. Invite anybody that's broken or healthy. I don't care where they're at. You bring them. It's a message for all people. Amen. So you, you pack this place out tonight. Father, we thank and praise you. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Praise God. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken.